right, welcome to a special edition of the McIver Report, Wisconsin This Week. I am here with State Senator Dewey Strobel, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about school referendums today. How are you doing today, I'm Senator? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us. I know this is an issue that's near and dear to your heart, so... Um, and there's a good reason why we're all talking about referendums right now anyway. It's not just that, you know, outside of school districts all over the state introducing the, the idea of having referendums in the fall. Uh, we also had some, a really big uh, story last week about Wauwatosa's, uh, at Wauwatosa and Waukesha's potential new school, or school referendum. So why don't we start off with just talking a little bit about, you know, what they have planned for uh, people in those districts. Sure. Well... I won't get into too many specifics regarding a particular district, but it's very widespread, you know, coming up in November, it looks like. They're, they're pretty much everywhere. And, you know, I'm a huge backer of education. I mean, I know that's how we move this state forward. And I think what we have to, what we have to keep in context also is that almost 50% of our state budget relates to education. So certainly anything we do has a, has a big impact. And um, the... the um, what I'm really focused on is when we have spending, what are our outcomes? I mean, if we spend money, is it leading to a better outcome? And I think that sometimes we're seeing with some of these referendums that they're not really done for a educational outcome. There's other things going on there. And, and that's really my concern, uh, kind of an overreaching concern. And uh, the other one would be, in the end, who's really paying for some of these referendums? Yeah, so it's not just a matter of Obviously, our listeners know it's not just a matter of schools spending money. It's a matter of them raising new revenue from property taxpayers within the districts. But it's more than that, isn't it? Well, it is. And, and certainly my focus is on, on taxes in the state, um, but again, couched with education. But, um, you know, when we have referendums, we have oftentimes a school district or their consultants, generally their consultants, who are driving this topic, and they kind of are coming from a, um, you know, an unfair position, and um, that really is is what what creates problems. Uh, you've you've got you know everybody wants to do things for the kids, of course. Mm-hmm. You know it's all about the kids, and you know we love our kids, but you know the question is again, will it lead to better educational outcomes? And that's what my focus is. Yeah, this is something that I focused on last year. I, a story I actually interviewed you for um, when you talk about consultants. It's you know, the, the, the process of a referendum typically starts with a consultant who is a construction company coming in to do a facility study. They tell the school district, yes, you need to build a new school. You need us to build it for you. And we'll help you run the referendum. And after we get the referendum passed for you, you could give us all the money to build your school. Right. And as you, first of all, you know, it's a very cozy and kind of croniest relationship, you know, that's cause for alarm. But also, when you take a step back, it's, well, who's representing the taxpayers in all this? So, right. you know, what, right. you know, and you've actually tried to take steps to protect taxpayers. So, I mean, what, what, first of all, you know, what were you able to accomplish this past session? And then what still needs to be done? Sure. Well, one of the things we were able to accomplish last session was to make sure that when we do have these, uh, have these elections, that they're on days when we're going to get a high turnout. Because that's what you want. You want it to be representative of the community. Uh, you, you don't want just it specifically timed so a small faction comes and you get your desired result. You want a broad, 
really re review of what the, where the community is. That's where you get your best results. And we're able now to see that instead of having these special election dates that are just willy-nilly and kind of by design, now to be on, on, our, gen on our, our regularly scheduled election time. So we do get that broad turnout. That's right. And before you did that, I mean, there were school districts that would, you know, oh, we're going to have it on the first Tuesday in August, you know, when they knew yeah. nobody was paying attention but their people. Right. Well, anecdotally, I've even heard of a school referendum the day after Christmas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, that, those there were definitely some abuses that were going on. And I, and I think we've, we've rectified that in, in a good way. Um, really, another big focus is when it comes to net shared costs. Mm -hmm. That's really where I think we have a disincentive uh, in our school referendum situation right now. As you probably know, you know, some districts get 30, 40, 50, 60, maybe even 70 cents on the dollar from the state for their schools. Mm -hmm. So really what we've got going on sometimes is, and, and we say these referendums are, it's a local decision. Mm -hmm. We'll decide locally. Well, I think it's all great if we decide locally, but are we paying for them locally? And I think that's where we find uh, that, that where we've got some issues because what you've got is, you know, say you're a district that gets 50% uh, net shared costs from the state. Well, in essence, you're building that capital, that capital expenditure, that new school is being built with 50 cents on the dollar from the other districts outside of that district that's voting locally for it. And to me, I think, you know, that really is something we need to look really long and hard at. That, that's right. And that's something that's, you know, people have to keep in mind is it doesn't mean that the pot grows by that much. Uh, the fiscal, you know, the legislature has said how much they're going to give to the schools and school aid. This is this Correct. this affects what everybody within the pot Correct. is getting. Correct, because because you might be living within your means in District A over here, but if District B over here says, "Geez, we'd we'd like to do that capital expenditure," or even worse, quite frankly, when they want to exceed the revenue cap, mm. then that other District A, they're living within their means. They're living according to the school funding formula, mm. but this District B decides, "No, we we'd like to have more." And they're voting for that locally, but they're actually taking out of the pockets of all the other districts to subsidize that need that they have. And, and that's where I feel that, you know, again, a net shared costs. If you're going to vote for your referendum locally, I believe you should pay for it locally. Yeah, and then it becomes, that's fair. Yeah, then it becomes kind of a race because, well, if the district next door is having a referendum, well, we need one too or else we're going to miss out right. on, you know, all that extra right. aid. Right. No, it's, it's uh, you know, let's get ours while we can. Yeah. And, um, you know, then, then you've got the other things that are driving these referendums too. you know, lack of maintenance over the years. And now, you know, when they really should have been putting more funding towards maintaining their facilities, but quite often there was it was going to personnel. And uh, then, you know, you make up for that with a referendum. And I don't really think that's the intent there either. You know, you've got a situation of keeping up the, with the Joneses now. You know, mm -hmm. you've got a situation where a little school district next door is doing this. Geez, we got to keep up. And so we're going to do that, too. And, and that's kind of a, a weird situation. And another thing you've got, too, going on is you've got educational fads, quite frankly. They come and go. And I've been around long enough to see them come full circle. And right now, you know, the big big thing is collaboration. Yep, I've, I've seen that. And it's like every single study that's come out now is, well, you need a new school because you don't have the spaces that you really facilitate collaboration. Well, and what's an even bigger irony is there's these uh, ratios of students per square foot in your school. Well, now a lot of these schools are saying, we don't meet the ratios. Well, who makes these ratios? Yeah, exactly. It's or the <laughs> consultants 
who make money on building more schools and on these referendums. So they're rejiggering these these um, ratios, saying their schools are too small. Too small. And I mean, again, I've been around long enough to see these schools. I know educational practices do change. We we do need to move along with the times. But I'm sorry, there are schools that were at. at uh, capacities way beyond where they are today, but those very same schools are being they're being touted as they're too small. Yeah, we need more. We need more space. I noticed that one this week too. I saw a uh, I saw one of these studies where it was the the hallways aren't wide enough. And it's now now right. hang on. When you built a school, you had maybe fifty less students than you do today. So who changed the the architectural standards for what a school right. needs? But that, exactly right. And you know one thing too that we're seeing too is projected growth. You know, how can you debate this future projected growth? And, I mean, demographically across the, the state, we are seeing declining enrol enrollments overall, but it seems like quite a few of these that are doing the referendums, they just happen to be one of those that's having, uh, they expect to project growth. Even if they haven't seen it, they're projecting it. And it's, it's just, you know, a games the consultants play to, um, you know, advocate for, uh, these referendums. And that's something interesting that we came across within the past couple of weeks is they all use these studies, these population studies. And, you know, the population studies almost invariably say that, oh, enrollment's going to go, is projected to go up over the next six years. Well, we found some of these studies were that are six years old, and we found they did the exact opposite of what UW told these, these districts that they would do. Right. So you've got, you know, kind of a case history now that we're building where, you can't, you know, the, the projections in the past have been wrong, but then you also even, and then on the other hand, though, you have these school districts where even the UW says your enrollment's going to plummet and they're pushing for new school referendums. Right. Well, you know, agree or not, when we've gone to 4K throughout the state pretty much, I can't tell you how many times I heard the argument that, well, we have extra space. We have plenty of room for 4K. Yeah. And, uh, you know, literally a few years later, we're short on space. That's right. And so it, they kind of use it based upon the situation. That's right, and you are seeing in those studies now too how you know how 4K works in the factory. You know, either when it comes to declining enrollment, they'll say, well, with 4K, we're gonna have more students now, right. or because of 4K, we need more space now. So it's- Right, increasing the student count. So it's kind of a circular logic you get there sometimes. All, all for the kids though, of course. All for the kids, <laughs> all for the kids, yeah. And again, I, I really wanna, you know, comment on the consultants that uh, really drive this process from from the architects who who you know are in on the front end from the general contractors who often bring in a, a backroom PR machine and then to the uh, survey consultants who design these surveys that you know these questions I've seen some of them if you don't answer them right you know you uh, you, you don't like kids yeah well so that's um Let's talk about the, the consultants some more. So let's, let's start with uh, the facility studies, folks. You know, you either, it either is an architectural firm or, you know, just a flat-out construction firm. They come in, they, you know, hey, what do your facilities study for you? Oh, guess what? You need a new school. I mean, right. that, is, right. that raises all kinds of alarm bells and red flags in my mind. Why would you want the car dealership to tell you whether yeah. or not you need a new yeah. car? Well, it's really kind of a disingenuous process because, quite frankly, when they – to start this whole process, I can pretty much tell you that at some school board in the not too distant past, they know exactly what they want and how to get there. And uh, they have focus groups 
which you know are led in a direction. They've got the surveys, which are led led in a certain direction. So it's all kind of, oftentimes it is kind of contrived. I, I hate to say it, but it's true. And and I do believe these consultants are are driving this process, maybe with the best of intentions of local administrators and so on. But you know, there's really kind of a capstone to this whole process too. You know, when you do hire that architect and when you do bring that general contractor in, then of all things. There's not competitive bidding required. Yep. Any other public or governmental project, competitive bidding is required. For our schools, they are not required to competitive bid. So basically, yep. these generals and the people involved in building these things are getting no-bid contracts out of these situations. Yeah, so, we'll, hey, we'll tell you you need a new school. We'll pass the referendum for you. Then we'll build it for you. And you all you got to do is promise you you'll give us the contract. So I guess that would be a you know, logical first step to kind of control this this system where, you know, construction companies might think twice about, you know, collaborating so closely throughout the process when they might not get the contract in the end. Right, right. No, that's true. Um. And then, um, so, I mean, are there any controls that you've considered putting in place to kind of break up this, you know, kind of cronyous, uh, cronyous sure. you know, process? Well, one of the things I think is just really kind of common sense. I mean, if you buy a car, you buy a house, you, you've got a financial disclosure that's it's very detailed. It shows what your interest is, how long you expect to pay it, um, you know, what those terms are and so on, the total accumulative amount of interest that you pay. And right now with a this, with this school district referendum, it's basically we want to borrow X, there no no discussion in terms of how long are you borrowing that money for. No discussion of what that interest rate is. Mm -hmm. So you know you are making a commitment today that, quite frankly, probably lasts 20 years. Yeah. And you know the irony of it is, is you know here we at the state, we're trying to reduce taxes, you know, trying to create a better tax environment because it's better for everyone. We're going to grow this economy, and everyone's going to be able to enjoy the quality of life that they want to because of that. But then you, you really, I've, I've heard the argument that, well, you know, we can actually add this referendum and Mr. Taxpayer, you're not going to pay a dime more. Well, that's because we've been doing things at the state to try to reduce taxes because we think more money in the pocket of the private sector is a good thing. But yeah. that, that's kind of created a, a, a weird dichotomy also. So with these interest rates and, you know, obviously, you know, when you buy a house for, say, $200,000, you end up paying 300000 for it. You know, but in these referendums, you know, they're telling you not only that amount, the upfront costs or, you know, the principal, they're also telling you what, you know, the projected impact would be on your house. So is that impact not lining oh, up? Sometimes they aren't because yeah. oftentimes a previous referendum is falling off. Or maybe, um, you know, we at the state level have, have done things like remove the forestry tax and done other things like that that are causing real estate taxes to decrease, which is really what, you know, we want to do. Because, so there's a rush before yeah, people realize yeah, the yeah, savings. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's really kind of a, a unique situation there. You know, another thing that we can do, too, with our, our, um, our referendums is that, that when really once a referendum for that dollar amount is passed, mm -hmm. that district, quite frankly, can spend what they, whatever they want for that oh, with that money. Over? Yeah, oh. um, they they really can do what they what they want with it, and we are seeing that where, 
you know, they, the electorate thought they were doing one thing, and it turns out, well, we can actually do this, and this is actually a better plan. So what they thought they voted for, yeah. they're not getting, but they voted for the dollar amount, and that's going to be the referendum. They, 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 I'm so sure that, they, they never plowed back into the retirement system to pay no. back their— uh, So that, that's, an, that's an issue. And then also just the fact that, um, you know, we do not require bidding on these projects. Yeah. And that is something that— you know, we, we just really need to need to address also. Now, so yeah, so we we, we um, yeah, so we talked about the how the bidding might break up the cronyism a little bit. Um, what about you know, what about this process where not only are they you know hand, walking hand in hand with the district the whole time, but I mean all that marketing communication. I mean that is right. that is. I mean, referendums are you know weird animals. But, I mean, it is still politics. It is still an election. And here you have a company that is spending a fortune. I mean, all these companies have entire departments right. dedicated to winning referendum campaigns. Right, right. Why isn't that more transparent? Why aren't there records at the Elections Commission that I could look up to see how much Bray Architects spends trying to get right. a referendum passed? Well, there, there's a difference between information and promoting. And, um, you know, that's a very fine line. And that's really where the you know where this is played out in terms of what are we really getting and and mm-hmm. is this information from our school district or is it is it a, a, a tacit endorsement of what's going on and I think most of the time when you look at that it's it's pretty pretty easy to find out where they're coming from yeah and I guess uh, you know going back to you know who's standing up for the vote the the taxpayers they don't have the big you know political action fund to pay for lawyers to take that on, right. take that on. And, and again, when it comes down to it, you know, oftentimes these school districts with the net shared costs, mm-hmm. they are using money throughout from other areas of the state to subsidize their operations. So you're really being penalized. If you're prudent and you're running cost effective in your district and, and careful with your dollars and making sure you're, you're getting an educational benefit for those dollars, you're really getting penalized because, again, the district uh, down the road is if they pass these referendums and they're getting net shared costs or they're getting the subsidy from the state at 30, 40, 50 cents on the dollar or even more, that is coming out of everybody else's pocket and going into that district that decided that they can't live within those constraints that the vast majority of the rest of the state's school districts are. Yeah, and some districts like Wauwatosa could really be uh, bringing it in. Right. But right. Um, all right, so you've got one of your reforms. You got one of your big reforms passed this last session. Um, what are you uh, and what are you hoping to accomplish next session? I mean, you you, you raised some uh, some good uh, good points here. I mean, are you planning on introducing legislation next next year for these? Well, uh, the big one. I really think the thing that we truly need to do to help fix this situation is. Um, the, the net shared costs. Mm-hmm. And that actually was, as you recall, the, our budget situation this last biennium was a little unique, and, and we got to a point where the Senate actually created a budget. And in mm-hmm. that Senate budget, we had agreement that net shared costs would, would for when you're for capital expenditures or for exceeding the revenue uh, limits, that those wouldn't be coming from the state, that you would not receive those additional subsidies from the state. That was in our Senate budget that was uh, just negotiated not all that long ago, and but ultimately um, didn't prevail as the two sides, the Assembly and the Senate, got together. So there is there is uh, definitely momentum and, and to be seen there to, to get that done because, 
you know, another thing, too, that we have to keep in mind, that it's part of the equation, it's not all of it, but, you know, the governor's made a pledge that our property taxes are the same in on a median home that they were in 2010 that they are today. Mm-hmm. And again, when you add all these referendums on top of that, you know, that, again, requires more state subsidy to be able to maintain that pledge, which, which you know, I, I uh, think is, is certainly admirable. Yeah, and... Um you know, I mean, nobody's saying that um, there aren't times where a district needs a new school building, but it just, the system is just, it's, it feels like it's rigged against the taxpayers right now. And it's just, there's just so much cronyism involved in the whole process that, I mean, it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a genuine, pro, it's not an honest process. And it seems like that's what you're trying to get us back I, to. I do. I think we can do a much better job of rebalancing the uh, incentives in this process. And um, again, I'm looking for educational outcomes, as I think what our, all our taxpayers are looking for. And if these, if you know, we have referendums for a reason, and, and we know there's there's certainly referendums that are completely justified. But um, again, uh, that we also are seeing some that you know aren't, and I think we need to look more critically at those and make more right decisions and be more efficient with those with those dollars, and and kind of try to again rebalance this process that is uh, a little out of line right now. No, that sounds great. And Senator, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. Um, I'm Again, I'm Bill Osmolsky with uh, the McIver Report, and I'm here with Senator Dewey Strobel. We were talking about referendums today. So, Senator, thank you very much. Thanks, Bill.